I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 51 of Season 6 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capra-esque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today, and hopefully all week, unless I get a little annoyed with him, is uh, Alan Sanders of The Alan Sanders Show. Welcome back this season, Alan. Hey, it's so good to be back and not an ominous opening at all. <laughs> oh, come on. You know that I'm, you know that I'm just teasing. I know. I know. No, you know what? Uh, you and I are such good friends and uh, we met via this uh, this experiment of being able to break down movies one episode at a time. And it has gone so far beyond that. So it's almost yeah. like I look forward to our daily conversations about things other than movies That's as right. much as I do down with you. Yeah, exactly. I'm the same way. It's, uh, that, that, that's the way it works. That's good. You know, you you are considered one of my 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 good friends that I've never met. <laughs> yeah. Well, not in person. In person. In person. In person. In person. That's right. All right. So minute fifty one begins with George and Mary uh, finally figuring things out, and ends with Mrs. Bailey telling it like it is. So first of all, I, I, I mean, I, you know that I like going in order of, of what's going on in the minute, but I did choose this week specifically for you, Alan, because of something that happens in today's episode, because I know that you, you have some, uh, uh, I guess, uh, you have some personal knowledge about things that, that, that are going on, you know, in this particular scene. So maybe, maybe you'll be able to give, give us a little bit of insight into things later today and tomorrow. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I think you're, I I think I know where you're going with it, but I'm gonna wait for you to actually open that door all the well, way. Have you Have you watched the movie? Do you know what Do you know what minute we're talking about? Yes, I okay. do. We, I I I believe we're about to experience one of the great joys in couplehood. That is at correct. least the start of this episode. That is correct. There you go. All right. So at at the, and I recently let me uh, let me just. And are you intimating that I might have had maybe two and a half months ago a similar actual experience in my own life? Not me personally, but my daughter. That is correct. That is what I, I'm not okay. insinuating. I was I was, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it right out there. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't beat around the bush. There, there you go. That's, you know, one of the things and, and, and the audience may be getting to know us more because we've done so many episodes together. But, uh, you know, me and I was on the edge of my stress envelope getting ready for that wedding. That's right. But but I think that has partially to do with the, the, the people who the, the people around you who were more stressed than you, that they were making you feel stressed. I think that's that, what it comes to. There's down a to. combination of that. Yes. Yeah. But uh, it's still um, it, it's the weirdest thing, much like this week. It, we can tease the whole week how it starts at one emotional level and goes to the other. My daughter's wedding uh, is the opposite of the flow of what we'll talk about this week leading up to and almost even to the day before 
I was on the edge of saying, why did we vol- Why are we doing this? This this is not even worth it. Let's just cancel it. Let's just let's just we're done. I was ready to just throw in the towel and it could not on the flip side. Talk about a reverse could not have been a more perfect day, a more perfect ceremony. And people are still reaching out and telling us how of all the weddings they've been to is one of the most enjoyable that they can remember. So much like this week, but in reverse, it started off at one emotional level and went <laughs> in the other direction. OK, that, and that that's good. It's the, the opposite of what's going on here. So there you go. I'm, I'm glad you can relate <laughs> in yes, some way. Very much so. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, at the beginning of this this minute, we get about uh, 10 or 15 seconds, which is basically just the end of what we were talking about last week. You know, George and Mary were on the phone with uh, Sam, who anyone who's paying attention, I only realized this when I was watching this minute by minute. Uh, you know, Sam, Sam has other things on his mind. Sam is not really interested in Mary because he's, you know, uh, pl- playing games with the, with, with the woman behind him the whole time. So as much as everyone seems to think that Sam uh, is, is calling because he's interested in Mary, I, I still haven't figured out why Sam actually called Mary. You know, it doesn't make any sense unless he was trying to get her to invest. I think that was about it. <laughs> mm. You know, invest in plastics. That's it. You know, I don't know. Um, so basically the first 15 seconds here is, is George and Mary embracing, finally realizing both of them, how much they, they want and need one another to, in life. And she says, George, George, George. And he goes, oh, Mary. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear, Mary. <laughs> That's pretty much the dialogue of these 15 seconds. Now, obviously, if someone is not watching this as it's happening, they could completely misconstrue everything I just read, but that's fine. You should be watching the movie and paying attention to the way that the two of them are, are saying these, uh, these things, you know, and, and at a certain point, George like kisses her all over her face. And, you know, while this is happening, I was going to, I was yeah. going to actually ask you, does it, did it, I know it's a different time. And of course the framing is designed for more of a boxy, uh, theater screen they hadn't really gotten the cinemascope the the ultra wide screen we didn't get the panavision yet but because they're so close to on top of one another it almost felt a little uncomfortable for me watching <laughs> it because it's like you know usually when people are making out i the, the, today's movies they're so pulled back usually unless they're going to get real super intimate and then obviously this is a, a tame movie compared by today's standards but i was like Okay, George, you're almost like a puppy licking all over her face. Like he can't get enough real estate kissing her all over. Yeah, but I but I think that's part of the whole idea that he's finally realized what it is that he wants. He wants Mary. I mean, we've talked so many times, and we'll probably talk about in the future how clueless George is in this whole movie when it comes to to, to love and and relationships. But when it comes to business, he, he's, his mind works amazing wonders the entire time. But when it comes to relationships, he just he's clueless. He doesn't know what's going on. So the fact that at this point we see that it's finally, you know, it's finally hit him. And then he goes and, you know, constantly kisses her. And he's kissing her in, in somewhat forceful ways. But he's but this is his way of trying to show her, OK, I love you and you are the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. So from that perspective, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. No, I I, I get it. It just it's, it's because there's like so on top of one another and because it fills the frame literally face to face. We're just 
I, we might as well be in there getting kissed too. Right. Right. I, I, I understand that, that, uh, it's, it's very, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it seems a little too intimate for us to be watching it. I, I don't, and I don't want to jump necessarily, but the wipe. Well, before really we get to the wipe, one thing, I don't want to get to the wipe okay. yet because, because did you okay. notice, did you notice her mother? You know, Mrs. Yeah. Hatch is standing there at the top of the, you know, top of the stairs yesterday, uh, last week she was listening in, uh, she was eavesdropping on the conversation. And now, mm-hmm. you know, she's sort of, I guess, upset that she's been eavesdropping because she now sees the two of them making out and, you know, puts her hand above her, her mouth, somewhat in disgust, I guess you can say, that this is what's happening downstairs. But instead of trying to stop it, she just runs away. Yeah. It, once again, the mores of the day, I, I, it was a little odd. <laughs> I would say she doesn't look happy. Correct. I mean, well, I mean, we just heard last week that, that Mary said to her, um, you know, he's making uh, mad, passionate love to me, you know, which which we discussed last week, that that doesn't mean what we think it means now. You know, it meant something else back then. But, um, you know, she she's she she might not agree with it, but she also doesn't do anything to try and stop it. She's she's she just has this appalled look on her face. Right. And I think when I say the mores of the day, we have to remember this is the time where generally you don't have a, a a man and a woman, even if they're courting, left completely alone in the house. Correct. You usually have somebody close by. Right. Um, I mean, you're talking about you're talking about because of the, you know, the 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 code or you're talking about in a movie yeah, or you're talking about in general? No, no, no. In general, the mores of the day, you you know, you didn't want to be. Well, I think human <laughs> human nature being what it is, I don't think that's ever changed. But I think no. the the idea <laughs> of being the sense of impropriety, you don't want to be caught in a situation that could reflect badly on you. And so like generally and and unfortunately, very, very much um, on the male side, that was less the problem than it was the female side of the day. You wouldn't want anyone to be able to say anything that might be construed as negative against the uh the, the virtuousness of the female right. of the woman correct i mean i i can even bring a, a personal example in uh probably about 25 years ago i was set up on a blind date with somebody and she's like okay well you know i'm I, we'll go out but i don't uh I, I don't go out you know to restaurants or anything like that what 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 i'll do is is you know meet me at my parents house and we'll sit and talk in the living room and that's what we did. It was really, really strange because, you know, I got into that. I got to the house, you know, walk by the kitchen. Her parents and brother are sitting there, you know, knowing that there's this guy coming for this blind date. You know, and then the two of us, you know, sat in the living room uh, talking for, for an hour, two hours, whatever it was. I mean, we, we didn't have very much in common, but it was a very strange experience, that type of thing. But it goes along with this type of thing that you need to have some sort of chaperone around just uh, in the next room to make sure that nothing happens that shouldn't happen. Let's put it that way. Right. Right. But whatever. Right. Okay. So now you can talk about the wipe that you wanted to talk about. So wipe, wipe really away, weird. Alan. <laughs> this is really weird because, you know, we've got this moment of obviously intimate joy, right? But the the choice of Capra to wipe on this woman's face who almost looks a little <laughs> a little psychotic. She's got this wide eyed stare and she's like, ah. That's right. <laughs> well. Is that a commentary <laughs> to have to have that face literally coming in between the two of them looking like the town crier going, hey, guys. <laughs> right. 
Well, I mean, this is Cousin Tilly. They finally had to give her something to do. You know, she doesn't have she doesn't have very much to do of in the movie. Shots, of all the possible takes you could have had, it, it felt really. Now, maybe when you're watching it real time, you don't think a whole lot about it. But because I'm slowing it down, I'm like, wait a minute. That's kind of a I don't want to say psycho, but it's not. It seems a little wide eyed and crazy looking when she's delivering this line. Yes, I, I agree. She starts screaming, here they come, here they come. <laughs> You know, and then then we hear the music in the background from the from the wedding march, which mm-hmm. which is very strange. Okay, again, we we talked about the fact that that you've recently gone through this, but you know they're playing the wedding march as they're about to leave after the wedding. Right. It, you know what? And I think Capra does a great job with this because we're not in a church, obviously. There's no organ playing, but it's almost as if the ceremony just ended as if they had it upstairs rather than them coming home to put put on their clothes to change into their travel outfits, which right. is what most bride and grooms do. Um, but because I think he wants to make sure that that audience understands they've just gotten married, I think playing that in the background does work, even though it wouldn't in any reality be being played in this couple's living room. Right. Right. Correct. No, but I'm sorry. Also, the the fact that, you know, the the the. Uh, okay, what do you know about the wedding march song? Oh, I don't know much about it beyond the fact that it's, it's played at the wedding march. <laughs> <laughs> That's do, about all. Do you I know, know who? Do you know who composed it? Oh, you know what? I I know the name. Uh, but it's gonna. You know what? Rather than leave thirty seconds of dead air while my brain tries to figure it out, I'll let you tell me. Felix Mendelssohn. Mendelssohn, yes. That's right. It was it was written in 1842, and it is one of the best pieces that he ever did. Uh, another one that he did was he also has uh, a song from uh, A Midsummer Night's Dream from Shakespeare's play, which uh, yep. is also very Symphony uh, Number Three. That's right, which which is uh, very well known. But uh, obviously, this this is probably more well known. Um, mm-hmm. It's usually. <laughs> Yeah, I would say everyone knows it, even if they don't know who wrote it. That's right. You know, and, and I mean, this this go it does not have any lyrics to it, okay? Or it doesn't have official lyrics to it. Let's put it that way. Now, I mean, you did a few years ago, uh, The Best Years of Our Lives, and the very final part of that movie actually has uh, the, the, the kids being taught by Hoagie Carmichael the, the actual words that they should be singing. You know, so they do sing some some uh, lyrics there. So I found a number of different types of lyrics for the song. So one of them is faithfully guarded, remain behind, where the blessing of love shall preserve you. Triumphant courage, love and happiness, join you in faith as the happiest of couples. Champion of youths, remain here. Okay, then there's another one that's, okay, here comes the bride, all dressed in, in light, radiant and lovely. That's she- the one. That's right. Radiant and lovely, she shines in his sight. Gently, she glides gracefully as a dove, meeting her bridegroom, her eyes full of love. Love have they waited, long have they planned. Life goes before them, opening her hand, asking God's blessing as they begin. Life with new meeting, life shared as one, entering God's union, bowed before his throne, promise each other to have and to hold. Okay, then there's also a a parody. Here comes the bride, all fat and wide. See how she wobbles from side to side. Here comes the groom, thin as a broom. And here comes the usher, the old toilet flusher. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, that's the uh, an, an homage to Jack Spratt could eat no fat as well as could eat no lean. That's so right. you see in them both, they, there you they go. lick the platter clean. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the bride all fat and wide. <laughs> that's funny. Yes. You know what's so funny? When you said the first line, though, of the one that I traditionally heard when I was a kid, and so I've never looked up the lyrics, I always thought it's Here Comes the Bride all dressed in white. So did I. I always thought that, too. I never thought of it as light. But I, I never thought of the next line. Here comes the bride, all just in white. Da, 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 that's how, you know, that's how most of us <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't think of the, the, the words. I never thought about the fact of radiant and lovely she shines in this sight. You know, I think. I'm it, trying to remember if those are the words in uh, the best years of our lives. Hmm. You know, I'm wondering this, though, because from watching cartoons, because they would do this in a lot, they would have something happen where they would play the wedding march song and you would just hear like foghorn leghorn or somebody just say that first line. And maybe that's as kids, we only knew the first line because we learned it from the cartoons. Ah, that could be. That actually, that, that makes a lot of sense. I never actually. realized there were additional lyrics. I just thought that first line. Hmm. I, that's true. No, but you've heard the, 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 the rest of the, the music. So you must assume, you know, or it was just da, 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 da. <laughs> I don't know. As it, as a kid, I never thought much about it beyond that first line. Right. Okay. That makes sense. And I've never bothered to look it up. In fact, so thank you. So I am this many years old. I realized that there are actual other lyrics and actual yes. other versions of lyrics to this song. Okay. Now, in the best years of our lives, the, they actually have different lyrics. There you go. It's here comes the bride, all dressed in white, sweetly serene in the soft glowing light. Lovely to see, marching to thee. Sweet love united for eternity. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Um, I, the truth is, I, I think that was that was the best <laughs> of the four I just mentioned. That was probably the best. <laughs> A little more updated for the language, I'd say. Uh, yeah, that's true. It's uh, pretty interesting the way that they they do this here. So the the, the <laughs> two of them, you know, then we we see George and Mary walk down the stairs, followed by uh, by I, I I'm pretty sure that's uh mary's mother you know she looks a little different because she's not in her robe and uh i'm, I'm pretty sure that that that's mm -hmm. her mother and you know they people start throwing all these things at them did you notice what they're throwing at them well traditionally my eyes fill in rice correct and that's right. they are definitely pelting. <laughs> I, mean, I mean uh from a production perspective i mean uh frank capra spared no expense on the right. rice throwing now do you know why people throw rice at a bride and groom as they are coming, as they are, they are leaving, you know, the, the, the ceremony, I guess you can say. Well, I do know we don't do it anymore because it can hurt the bird. Uh, is that really the reason? Um, yeah. I thought something about that. If birds eat it, it can swell in their stu in their stomachs and they don't have a way of expelling gas, something like that. It's just not safe for birds. So um, I forgot what, you know, like my daughter, actually, when she got married, they had, instead of doing anything, they gave everybody sparklers and they ran out. While everybody was oh, I said they, they weren't throwing sparklers, sparklers kind of at people, though. <laughs> no, they weren't throwing them. No, no, they're just Let's, light, let's light the, the bride's dress on the fire. Let's throw sparklers at her. <laughs> um, but doesn't the whole idea of throwing rice, isn't it like supposed to be like uh, a sign of good wishes or, you know, good luck or, you know, a happy start to your, to your it life. Basically in, in, it started in Hindu weddings where it rice denotes fertility, prosperity, and purity. And they, they used to throw it into like a fire 
And when Western Wedding started using it, they decided to just throw the rice at the people. You know, I, <laughs> I don't really know how that, you know, here it's like we're going to mm. we're going to wish them well by throwing stuff in a fire. And instead, we'll just, you know, pelt the, the bride and groom with it instead. You know, let's let's see who can uh, mm. <laughs> who can who can hurt the bride and the groom uh, quicker by throwing rice on them. I don't know. Um, there, there are some places that have uh, different rice type of, of dishes that they uh, that they use uh, different like sweet flavoring around it also to make like the the idea that you know if rice is this this uh, you know the, if it denotes fertility prosperity and purity so therefore you know if you make it sweet so that it's something that that uh, you know it should be easy for the for the bride and groom. Uh, there are places in Japan and the Philippines that use rice wine for the same reason. And nothing wrong with glass of sake. There you go. Um, so, I mean, the exit from the wedding ceremony, which is known as the send off. And that's where, you know, people will, you know, there are different places where people will bow or, or there, there are uh, different traditions where you, you're supposed to kiss the knees of like the elders of the community as they get the send off and stuff like that. Uh, but then you have the whole idea of throwing rice. Uh, sometimes it's, uh, people throw other types of seeds also. Yeah, bird seed. Uh, that's the thing I was trying to think of besides uh, because they don't do rice anymore, but literally because it looks similar in pictures. Um, I've been at many weddings where we threw oh, bird okay. seed. Because you think that the bride and groom are. Once again, if the birds eat it, it's actually okay for <laughs> okay. them. <laughs> there are also uh, customs where people throw shoes at the bride and groom. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> You know, you go you go from okay. rice and bird seed to shoes. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how you're wishing. I don't know how that's wishing. It was like, get out it's, of here. It's run fast. <laughs> get out of here quick. Get out. But isn't, isn't in some Middle Eastern cultures one of the worst things you can do to show your displeasure is slap your shoe on someone's picture or poster? Like the idea that you're, you're the shoe as a as a means of like. You're, you're, I'm trampling you beneath. Uh, it's possible. I, I don't know. Not, not in my Middle East coast culture. <laughs> no, you, I don't, I don't ever think of Israel as like. I know that's where you're located, but I don't think of you in the same way that I think of as, let's say, our that's Islamic. Correct. No, place. it's the in, in Jewish culture. You that that that's not an issue. You know, let, let's put it that way. That that's that that's what I can tell you. I couldn't tell you beyond that. Yeah. I just remember, like, there was something like remember with the fall of Saddam Hussein that uh, the people protesting that were happy that he was gone were taking their sandals off and taking turns smacking the bottoms of their shoes onto his face. Okay, it makes like, sense. I just remember seeing videos. It definitely makes sense, I'm, you know, yeah. but, uh, yeah. So I've never, I've never, that's why I, I guess that popped in my head when you said some cultures think of it as a, hey, you guys got married, throw a shoe at you. I'm like, well, the cultures I know that throw shoes, <laughs> it's right. not a good thing. That's right. How many people do you think approximately get married every year in the U.S.? Ooh, well, you know, since half of them will get divorced. We're not talking about again, the divorce. We're talking about marriage. <laughs> it doesn't say here whether it's a first, second, third, or fifth, or, or 16th marriage. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, there's a 330 million people in the United States. Uh, a lot of them are already married. Um, um, I'm going to go with four or five million. Five two, million. Only, only five, two million people million. get married every year. That seems it does. It does. But how many people? Well, I think I think nowadays there are a lot of people who just don't get married. I think that's what it right. comes down to uh, also. You know, for, you know, a lot of times for economic reasons or whatever it is or 
But uh, if you never get married, you don't have to worry about that divorce. That's awesome. <laughs> Very true. That's a financial reason. Yes. <laughs> um, how many people do you think approximately uh, attend weddings in the U.S. a year? Ooh. Well, it's got to be more than the, would you say, about 2 million? Yeah, so it's more than 2 million. I'll tell you that. <laughs> got to be. Because there's usually more than about, we'll say if there's average of 30 or 40 at a wedding. So maybe uh, we'll say 50 million? 70 million people. Approximately 70 million people. And what is the uh, average uh, amount that people spend on a gift? $250. $100. Ooh, cheap. <laughs> Apparently. Well, I guess. I said the average. Well, I guess in the, today's age, you're like, I'm only going to spend 100 because I know in about six months you're going to go on to somebody else and I'll have to spend another 100 There you go. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I, I, I'm not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I can tell you, um, we have uh, exceeded that average. Um, I would have, I actually thought it was a little higher. So I kind of went with uh, my gut, it was about 250. I would have thought it was a nice. You know, when you're trying to buy somebody maybe a plate setting for their china, although apparently that's not a thing anymore. I found that out. Uh, you know, nobody wants china patterns anymore. Nobody cares about the inheritance of china and other family heirlooms. Uh, a lot of the younger generation, they don't even think that way. Because they, they don't want to have fancy meals at their house or because they're just going to use uh, plastic? Uh, no. I I don't know. It's the strange thing. I was like, so what's your pattern? Like pattern? We're not doing it. We're not doing that. I'm like, we, we want things like, you know, Cuisinarts and stereos and GPS finders and camping gear. I'm like, oh, oh okay. So you want Christmas presents. Okay, cool. Right. Okay. If that's what they want, uh, why not? <laughs> well, and you know what? I don't mean to sound. Just, I, I have, when I was a lot younger, I had stronger opinions on certain things. But then when I look at this, Whatever you want, it's your wedding, you know. Right. If that's what you want, if that's what's going to make you happy, have at it. Don't do something to make somebody else happy because this is supposed to be your day. And I can tell you, being the father of the first time ever, um, I had that attitude through the whole thing. I was like, you just tell me what you want me to do. I literally did not weigh in, which is so weird for me. It was really hard. I did not weigh in at all unless my uh, my daughter said, well, what do you think? In which case, I'm like, well, here's what I'm going to tell you, what I think, but it's ultimately your choice. There are a total of 11 different types of people that are part of the wedding party. So can, can you name them? And what are the well, you've do? got the – well, they could have more than that because my daughter – I, I said 11 types of people. Types of people. Okay, types of – well, the maid or maiden of honor. Okay. The best man. You have the, um, the groomsmen and the bridesmaids. Um. I don't know if this is what you mean by types. You've got the ring bearer and you've got the flower girl. Okay. What is, what's the uh, ring bearer usually uh, referred to? The, the ring bearer usually has a different name. Well, normally it's the ring bearer and the flower girl. No, you have the flower just, girl. That's, uh, usually the ring bearer yeah. is one of the one of the pages. You have a whole bunch of like the, the you know, flower girls are the little girls. And then you have the little boys are known as pages. And one of them is usually considered the ring bearer. Okay, I never thought of them as yeah, pages, okay. but I never heard that term actually. But um, let's see. Now you're not talking about things like then mother of the bride, father of the bride, and stuff like that. No, that or does that count? Yes, it does. Okay, so mother of the bride, father, mother of the groom, father of the groom, and then this is the, the preacher. It's nice to have somebody maybe officiate. That's right, an officiant. Okay. And I will tell you, 
if you don't have one, consider getting one if you're going to get married, a wedding coordinator. Okay, that's actually not on this list because it's not part of the wedding party. That's something else. But you missed two very important mm-hmm. people in the wedding party. Oh, the bride and groom? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just thought that kind of went without saying. Well, okay, and I, I asked for 11. So, you know, that, uh, yes. So, very good. See, you get top marks for that, Alan. You you apparently you sound well, as you if know, you're somebody who's just recently dealt with something like this. So yes, we may have mentioned that once or twice already. I have. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know. We've mentioned that. Uh, yeah. Tell you what, I thought college was expensive. <laughs> At least I was stretched. I stretched that out over four years. This was across one night. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And do you have do you have the average cost of if you look that up because I have no idea but I can uh, I gotta imagine that it's even more than what we spent and I spent way more than I thought I'd ever spend. well I gotta say the, the 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 problem with looking up the cost is the fact that there are so many different types of weddings you know with different number gotcha. of people and stuff like that I mean I'm just gonna quickly go through the the list of different types of weddings that I found here I'm not gonna go into detail as all what they all are okay you have what's known as a White wedding, a civil wedding, a destination wedding, a double wedding, an elopement, a hand fasting, a mass wedding, a micro wedding, a military wedding, a peasant wedding, a shotgun wedding, a vow renewal wedding, and a weekend wedding. Okay. I'm pretty sure my daughters would be considered a white wedding traditional white wedding with the uh, gathering the the church service followed by a meal the day before we had the rehearsal dinner so we had a rehearsal dinner we had the rehearsal then the next day of the wedding we with pictures and everything and then the bride and the groom and the ceremony and then afterwards it's sit down dinner with dancing and partying after correct do you know why people wear white at a wedding well not just because of the purity should... not just because of the purity issues i'm talking about do you know where the, the like who the first person was who got married wearing white and everyone said oh that's a great idea and they started doing that oh see now you're taxing my my so like my trivia brain would want to go it has to be somebody in royalty but i can't i i, I don't know you're 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 definitely in the in the right ballpark so it was queen victoria uh, okay. So when when she got married, she she had a white gown, and people uh, started copying her her idea. You know, because the the idea of of white it it uh, it symbolizes both extravagance and virginal purity, and that's why it mm-hmm. started becoming the the idea for okay, this is the color that people are going to wear at uh, at weddings, which is now why it's called the white wedding. That idea. So yeah, that I thought that was very interesting. So again, I I don't know the average price of a wedding because it it, it all depends on you know where you're doing it. it. It depends on the venue, depends on the number of people. There's so many different uh, you know elements that that you put all together in order to try to 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 find a, the sum of what it costs to make a wedding. That it's a little difficult to find an average for. You can find an average for each one of these different types of weddings, but. You know, I, I didn't do the research True. on that. You know, I, would, I don't know how much a shotgun wedding costs. I would th- Maybe it depends on how much the bullets cost. <laughs> you know, well, that's a little bit cheaper. Um, yes. uh, and a lot and a lot faster. Yes, <laughs> like like do it now. That is correct. I would guess it's probably anywhere between thirty and fifty thousand. I think is. I would not be surprised if the average 
white wedding. If you just look at the traditional wedding based on venue cost, the average size, you know, again, as an heir, I'm sure that people spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and some may spend maybe five or 10,000, but I would guess between 20 and 50, maybe 30 and $50,000. Okay. All right. That, that's fair. That would be my, that would be my, that would be my educated guess. There you go. <laughs> Right. And I mean, the, the, the most of the rest of the dialogue in this, this minute is just people saying goodbye. And did, mm-hmm. did you notice all of the, the various uh, characters from the movie that we can see in this wedding scene? It's, it's like the, the whole town's here. Well, I actually only counted seven. There, there's only seven people that are there. And it's, it's very interesting, the people that are missing, you know, from the whole thing. So first of all, we can see Mr. Oh. Gower. We see Violet, okay, which is interesting mm-hmm. that he invited that they invited Violet to the wedding, but okay. Then we see cousins Tilly and cousins Eust- cousin Eustace. We see both mothers, Ma Bailey and 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 Mrs. Hatch, and we see Annie, the housekeeper of the Baileys. But there's a lot of yeah. people that are it, missing. It, yeah, his uncle's not there. Hmm, where's his okay, uncle? Okay, Billy's not there. Uh, Harry's not there, <laughs> along with his wife Ruth. Okay, Sam Wainwright's not there. If he's such a good friend. Uh, how about Marty, uh, Mary's brother? Mm-hmm. He seems to be missing from the wedding, also. Well, it was raining. Maybe they didn't want to get their head wet, hair wet. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we'll we'll talk about this well, later in the week. Wait, wait. But but Ernie and Bert are both missing, also. Bert and Ernie. Yes. Okay, cool. I like them. They were my favorite characters on Sesame Street. <laughs> Did you notice though? Because we remember how we started off talking about they're leaving their house, but it's almost like they're leaving the wedding venue, which is a little weird. Yeah. Um, they they must have had the wedding somewhere. So maybe these are the only people who could make it back to the house for the send-off. So the brothers couldn't be there for the send-off? That's first I of really, all. And and second of all, this doesn't look like a house when they come on the inside, it looks like a house. When they when they go outside, it doesn't it no longer looks as if it's a, it's part of a house. You know, because well, the, uh, the the porch yeah. is 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 much larger than than you would expect. Well, it's Maybe this was their wedding venue then, but uh, I mean, it just to me, it looked like your typical antebellum style wraparound porch with some columns on the front and the front wide steps there going into the house. The frame, the thing is, when you got a box framing like this, it's so hard to get scale. I mean, right. it really is because I think the as the car pulls away, I can't tell if that's a second house or if that's a wraparound, like the porch is continuing in a different direction. Right. And there's obviously a right. white picket fence. I mean, it's it could be it's a it's it could be that it's somebody's plantation style house that is used as a wedding venue. And that's where they had they're leaving their reception. Right. Right. Yeah, there's there's no way of us really knowing this whole thing. And and I love the transition when they they walk out from the porch. Then instead of them being showered with rice, they're being showered with rain, which, mm-hmm. you know, in this movie, every time it rains, it just does not look real anyway. You know, it looks as if they're they're under sprinklers so with the way that this rain is coming down. Mm-hmm. You know, well, the you way know, that everybody's uh, you know everyone's standing there with with uh, with umbrellas except for Eustace, who somehow is trying to get the camera uh, camera. He's trying to take a picture in this in this downpour. Yeah, you know, of course you don't know it the first time you're watching it, but the first you know rewatching it, getting ready for this minute, I was like, you know, why? Why would the director, and maybe you know the story calls for it, but why would the director 
intentionally shoot a, a happy scene in what is tech. Normally when you have black umbrellas and rain, it's because you're shooting a funeral. You're talking about the right. death of somebody visually and storytelling wise, you know, having a bunch of people all dressed up in nice clothing, but with umbrellas in it raining, you immediately jump to funeral. It gives you the sense of like the world is sad. And here's this happy day. Normally we would have a shot where it's, you know, the blue sky, sun is shit, you know, sun is out, birds are chirping, but it's not. And and I, I think that's intentional. It feels like it should be a little jarring. Like the, even the first time watching, you're like, oh, it's sad that it's raining on their wedding. But wait, it's a movie. You you can control this. So why did it rain on their wedding day? And I think that's important think, to think about. Do you think uh, one of the, the reasons that they, they did that is to throw us off? Because, you know, this is a guy who eventually is no longer going to be there. Well, I, I personally, I think it's foreboding. I think it does create that. And, and I think when you watch it, at least, you know, it's hard for me to go back to the very first time I ever saw it. And I didn't see this movie until I was a lot older. I was probably in my early 30s the first time I ever saw this movie. I somehow never got around to watching it during the holidays. And, and when I finally watched it, <clears throat> I remember initially thinking, okay, this is too sappy, too old style. I mean, when, 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 does, when does the bad stuff happen? Because <laughs> I'm right. used to having a movie that has something <laughs> of substance to make us learn and grow and whatever. And obviously we get it with this movie. But um, I, I do know when I rewatched it for you, my first thought was, oh, that's right. It's raining on their wedding. That's 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 sort of a bad omen. Again, maybe it's just trying to throw us off. I think that's part of partially what it is, because, again, well, I, it, 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 it's a happy day for George. But this is, you know, uh, this is not George's wish. George's wish was something completely different. So, so from some perspective, you can say, okay, George is in a sad situation because, you know, he's not getting what he wants. He wants to travel the world, but instead he's being stuck here. So maybe that's the ominous aspect of it. Well, I I think, and yeah, I'm sure there could be, we could argue and discuss multiple layers, but I feel like from a filmmaker's storytelling palette as, as a, as a, as a visual medium, it's letting the audience know it's sort of that, um, just a, a little bit of the a foreboding that, Hey, things are not about to go really well. And even if you're not sure why it looks weird, I think, cause the rest of this week, we're going to watch everything just tumble out of control and we're <laughs> the happiest day of this couple's lives with a downpour and i think that foreshadows the next elements of the movie coming and 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 i like that because if you're not actively thinking about it you probably never thought you're like well sad it rained on their wedding but look they're so happy they're throwing rice and everyone's cheering and just married and but i think from a visual medium of storytelling it's interesting that the director has it on a rainy day where we normally think of that as a funeral where we normally think of somebody not being with us anymore which is, of course, a huge element of this movie. Right. Okay. I think it's very true. Now, did, did you notice that, that Mary throws the bouquet, and did you notice who catches it? Oh, no, I didn't. Okay. So Violet catches it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, Violet is, is the one who's always after, been after George. Right. Uh, and You know what? I didn't. And I, I saw this on, on okay, if you go back, okay, she, at second 20, she throws the, the bouquet and we yeah, see Violet yeah. jump up yep. and catch it. That's just as she's coming up there. So she catches it. She, yeah, Violet has her back to us when she catches Okay, I see it now. That's right. Oh, and good, apparently good this is the 
this is the only scene in the movie, I saw this on IMDb, that um, that Violet is without some sort of hat. This is the only time hmm. we actually see her hair. Every single other time she's, you know, she, she has some sort of hat on her head. Which I don't know what that means, but, you know, just... Uh, I found it was an interesting thing that that, uh, that IMDb pointed out, <laughs> and you know, then they 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 uh, they, they as they're they're they walk into the they they're rushed into the car by Ernie basically in order to make sure that they they don't get too wet, you know, the mm-hmm. the good friend slash cab driver who doesn't show up at the wedding but is there to you know take them into the car. <laughs> <laughs> and we hear well he might have been at the wedding he just went to go get the car because he knew they were upstairs changing he's like okay while you're changing i'll go get the car <laughs> okay all right that that i'm i'll 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 buy that i'll buy that <laughs> and then that for we, that's right then we get a shot of uh, <laughs> robocop um <laughs> well done <laughs> We had to do that. We had a, every episode. We should have a, a, a mission of dropping one-liners from other movies to see how many people that are listening catch the one-liner allusions to other movies. <laughs> I, I do that even without having to try, so that's fine. Uh, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so basically, then we we have a shot of Ma Bailey and Annie, you know, watching them as they go, and then Ma Bailey goes first, Harry, now George. And then she says, Annie, we're just two old maids now. Now, what I find really funny, first of all, is is that, you know, Ma Bailey wasn't at Harry's wedding. (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't even invited to Harry's wedding. So it's like, okay, you know, Harry got married and didn't have me at the wedding. She should at least, you know, be be happy that she was invited to this wedding. You know, unlike... (laughs) And, you know, how... Then the, the, the question remains in... You know, we'll never know the answer to this is how long after Harry's wedding, because the beginning of, of this minute basically is the same day that Harry and Ruth announced to everybody that they got married. So, you know, how long afterwards are George and and, uh, and Mary tying the knot? You know, we, we'll never know because it's not something that's ever mentioned, you know, how long the jump is. So it could be a right. few months. It could be a year. It could be two years. You know, it depends on how long they, they actually wanted to continue, you know, courting before finally getting married. My assumption is, is probably within a few months. If, if that. Yeah. The, the way that the movie is even edited through, it makes you feel like these events are happening kind of very quickly. Even if there's time that has literally happened, you don't get a sense of a drag anywhere. Right. And I mean, so therefore, if this is 1933, 1932, 1933. So that means George is about 25, 26. That's about that. That's his age at this point. So mm-hmm. the the actress who plays his mother, Beulah Bondi, was born in 1889. So when this movie was made, basically, so therefore she was uh, she was probably about 55, give or take. So that seems about right. Right. It sounds about right. But again, this is supposedly uh, let's say 12 years beforehand. So maybe she's even only in her theoretically in her mid forties as opposed to her mid fifties, mm-hmm. you know, because that would also make sense that she was probably, you know, relatively young when she had George. So if George is 25, 26, so it's, it makes sense that she's maybe supposed to be 45, 46 at this point, even though, um, you know, as someone who is a 50 year old, <laughs> I, I look younger than she does, but I, 
You know. I was going to go right to that point. My <laughs> wife and I do this all the time. We actually had some when my uh, father-in-law passed away. We had a lot of his home videos uh, changed over to video or uh, di- digital so we could go through and look at a lot of the old, you know, eight millimeter home movies. And there was one scene and I paused it. I'm like, babe, look at all the women in this scene. How old do you think they were when, when this was shot? And she had to mentally kind of calculate. She goes, they're probably all in their mid 40s. I'm like, don't they all look like what we think of today as people in their 70s? That's right. And I think there's it's interesting when you look back how people either in our current age, because of maybe we know more about health and, and, you know, getting checkups and maybe not being in the sun all day and whatever. We don't look as old, even though we're the exact same age you would see people from 50 to 100 years ago. That's right. In general, we don't look as old comparatively. Right. Yeah. It's it's scary because it doesn't you know, you, you don't feel the number, but you look at the people, you know, who were at that number at a certain time and they look so much older than right. than we think, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. And as the uh, car drives away, the, the minute ends, you know, but we get this this last uh, little, you know, ditty by by uh, Ma Bailey who basically says, we're just two old maids now. And we'll have to wait until Mm -hmm. tomorrow to find out if there's any type of response to that type of comment. (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. Did you have anything else you want to say about this minute, uh, Alan? No. um, I think it's it. And I'm happy you picked me for this week because of where we're going and because of not only my own personal reaction to having had a wedding, one of my daughters being the father of the bride, um, I like it because I remember, like I told you just a few minutes ago, the very first time I finally saw it, I thought it was just too sappy, too. It just wasn't my cup of tea for the first, you know, third of the movie here. I'm like, when does something happen that's interesting? And I I love it because when you look at it and break it down and I already talked about, you know, the foreboding of the rain. This to me is that moment where everything should be going up. Everything should be happy. Everything should be great. These people we've watched them making out. We watch them getting married. Everyone's cheering. And yet it's pouring. And that just uh that's that's a great visual indicator of where we're going. Yeah. I totally agree with you on that. All right. Excellent. So every Monday we have a segment called Capra Monday, where my guests will give their top five Frank Capra movies. So Alan, once you started your number five and work your way up. All right, number five. And I'll be honest, I didn't realize looking at the body of work, how many Capra movies I haven't seen. So I'm probably going to have to have a homework assignment at some point to go see some of these other movies. But for me, the ones I have seen, number five, Mr. Deeds goes to town. Number four is the very movie we're talking about. For me, It's a Wonderful Life is my number four favorite Capra movie. Number three, It Happened One Night. I know that's a lot of people's number one, but for me, it falls right smack dab in the middle because of two personal reasons with one and two. Number two, I had the chance to be in a play, a staged production of Arsenic and Old Lace. Love the story, love the idea, love the time it took place. And Cary Grant was just so good on screen. I love the whole, the, the, the crazy ants. To me, Arsenic and Old Lace is number two. But my number one, and it's, it's the same actor here, but it's my number one favorite movie because I just involved in, in politics and, and the machinations of, of D.C. and Washington and, and how when you go watch a movie like this that you realize 
as much as you think things have changed, they're still pretty much the same. The same corruption, oh, yeah. the same. <laughs> Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yeah. Why am I not surprised that that's your number one? <laughs> you, I know you well I, enough. <laughs> I bet I could have said to you before I give you get, which do you think is my number one? I bet you would have been able to guess it. Yes. That's true. And you'll just have to wait like everyone else till the final episode of this season to find out where that fits on my list. I will tell you it's on my list, but you'll have to wait and see where it, where it fits. You'll, you'll have to All come right. back then. <laughs> All right. Tune in next time. <laughs> no, tune in in, in uh, uh, let's we'll see, we're at 51. If so I'm tune in another 70, <laughs> 70 episodes, 70, 71 episodes, you know, episode 132, and, and you'll be able to hear that. There you go. Just awesome. hang in there. Hang in there. We'll get there. We'll get there. That's an extended tease. <laughs> hey, why not? <laughs> awesome. That, that's the way it works with these movies. Working the movies by minute. That's the way it is. All right. Only so one at a time. Al- that's right. So, Alan, would you like to tell people where they can find uh, Alan Sanders? Yeah. Um, for those of you, ironically, we just mentioned the politics. I do have a political daily talk show. Um, I'm affiliated with one of the largest stations in the Atlanta metro area here in the United States. And so I do a daily show called The Alan Sanders Show. It is political. It is political talk. It is news talk. Um, every now and then, though, I got great conversations. I'll do side interviews and sometimes even off the beaten path kind of episodes as bonuses. So it's worth checking out. Uh, also did a movies by minute with my buddy Walt a couple of years ago called The Wilder Ride. Those episodes are still out there where we did a couple of Gene Wilder movies. And we, we can talk more about that later in the week. But just Google The Alan Sanders Show. You'll find me. All right. Excellent. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. You can find me on Twitter, which is for some reason called X now. I don't know. And you can also find me on Facebook. So uh, until tomorrow. Hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly, dear. Life with its sorrow, life with its tears.